Hello, my praying people. I'm so glad that you have tuned in today for the second in our series on the five smooth stones this summer. Today, we're going to talk about the stone of contentment. And every time I think about the word of word contentment, I think about um, Paul when he wrote that he had been with plenty and he had been with very little. He had been when things were going well and he had been in situations when things are not going well. And he had learned to be content in whatever circumstances he is in. He was really unpacking this stone of contentment when he said that in Philippians. But um, I hope you enjoy this. I've had so much fun. This has been so much fun fun with Diane and with Jackie. I hope that you'll check out their ministries as well, Contagious Joy for Him with Diane and um, the Pastor Wife Life with Jackie, and you'll enjoy um, learning more about what each of them are doing. So uh, enjoy this podcast, learn what it is like to be content no matter what circumstances you're in. And let me also remind you that you can learn more about spiritual warfare by purchasing the book that was um, had the inspiration for this podcast, and that is Spiritual Warfare for Women. You can um, get that off of Amazon or anywhere that you like to purchase your books. So enjoy this, our first stone that we're unpacking, the stone of contentment. to session two of this series on spiritual warfare. And here's the tagline. Uh, We did mention it in the first uh, session, but it is, I am a woman of God. I have five smooth stones and I am not afraid to use them. Longest tagline title in the history of (laughs) the world, but it is is, so good. It's exactly what we're we're talking about. And if you missed our first uh, part one, I'd love for you to go back and listen to it. It's so good. We just are laid a foundation about what spiritual warfare is, who our enemy is, and it set us up for this next five uh, parts where we're going to be talking about those five smooth stones. And I am so excited to dive into our stone today. But before we do that, Diane, you just gave, before we started recording, a great definition. We may give a separate definition every single time we start because spiritual (laughs) warfare cannot really be condensed into one short sentence. But I love the one that you just gave right before we started recording. Okay. Well, I said that spiritual warfare is anything that the devil, and I use the name devil because I think that he is our greatest foe. Anything the devil uses to keep us from bringing glory to the Lord, anything, glory to the glory to God, um, anything. It could be, it could be good a, things or bad. Yeah, it things. could be mm-hmm. exactly anything mm-hmm. that he can use to keep us from bringing glory to the Lord. Is that That's simple good. enough? That's so good. Very I simple. love how you said anything, because I think sometimes we just look at the big things. That's the mm-hmm. spiritual warfare. Yeah. But mm-hmm. oftentimes, probably more times than not, it's the little things because we don't recognize them as spiritual warfare coming at us. And we just right. kind of uh, excuse them or whatever. We just, we, we ignore it a little bit and it's, mm-hmm. it's just a tiny distraction and we don't recognize that as spiritual warfare. Well, or we can use the good things that we've been doing for ever in our churches and we that could be really good things or even in our personal lives and our personal ministries we can be doing the same thing over and over and over but it was we forget that some things in life were not predetermined and preordained for us to do for eternity 
<laughs> well, and let's so just start the... this with a gut punch. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, That's so true. I, I'm speaking yeah. to myself. I'm speaking yeah. to myself. All right. I think you're speaking to a lot of us. This is this is going to yeah. be so good. You're going to find as you're listening to this, uh, these next five parts that we're going to follow an outline. It's we're going to stay on time. We're going to mm-hmm. be on time. We're going to follow this outline. We're not going to get off on rabbit trails and um, it's, well. it's going to be so good. Uh, they just gave, well, Diane gave a half thumbs up, but uh, <laughs> she's speaking forth those things that aren't as if they are. We are winning this spiritual battle by staying on time and staying on track. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm just, I, I love, I love this topic of spiritual warfare. And I think that other people, maybe they are going to be really excited about it or they're a little bit wary. because maybe they've heard some things, experienced some things, but I love the way that you two teach on this topic. It makes it, uh, it, it's, it's a, takes a very complex topic, makes it simple, easy to understand. And uh, this is what I really love is that it's super practical. So we're going to get practical today. We're going to lay out some foundations for this stone and then get really practical about it. All right. So here we go. Let's get into this first stone. Go, go for it, Leanne. Okay, so the first stone we call the stone of contentment. And the stone of contentment is just being um, aware that where you are, it's really the who's and the what's that are going on in your life. You can be content in that, no matter what that is. The who is in your life, the what is going on, no matter what, being able to know that this is God's purpose for you, that he's going to work all things for your good and his glory. So the stone of contentment is being okay with where you are. It's also finding your your satisfaction, your deep soul hunger in Christ alone. It's It's finding whatever it is that your soul is seeking in God. And really the stone of contentment is rooted in the very first commandment. When God said, you shall have no other gods before me. I am the Lord, your God. You shall have no other gods before me. So it's really finding that. And so many, Jackie, of our battles that we face, I believe uh, are allowed in our lives. And we face them because other gods with a little G, you know, other things that we love are vying for the attention of God. And the reason that the battle gets heated is because we have, um, we have dropped the stone of contentment. Mm. And so this stone is, is one that we want to um, really pick up because it's, it is amazingly powerful in the, in the battles. Well, and I think that uh, piggybacking on that, and if we look at the dictionary definition of contentment, it's a state, a state of happiness and satisfaction. And the reality is for most of us in this world today, we, and, and if we're a ministry like Leanne and all three of us doing this podcast, we're ministry wives, but for any woman of God, that long title that we've just given you, if you have your contentment and any, and your focus on any, that you're, you're going to be happy because you, things go well today. You're going to be happy if, uh, the, if, uh, there's no terminal in your home. And if you've got, if we're speaking to that woman of God that has littles running around her, or even like yesterday, when I was texting back and forth with a, a sweet woman of God, who was on a van trip with seven children and she and her husband and their transmission goes out. 
and they're, you know, they're having to spend, you know, thousands of dollars. If you're looking at that situation, you might not want to be content. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you might not be happy, mm -hmm. but you, if your contentment is in the Lord and you know that nothing happens in your life that it does not pass through. And, or if you're, mm -hmm. if you're, if you're walking with him and trying to live for him, or if there's a direct attack on you, you can trust that he's going to take care of you. You can yeah. trust the character of the God that you've been, that's created you to take care of you, to take care of your yeah. family, to take care of every need. Now, our struggle, I think, in the lack of contentment is that our focuses, our folk, is that, is that a word? Am, is our that focuses. Correct? Yeah, okay. that, no, I don't think your focus. We I don't, don't focus. It. I don't care. <laughs> I, the reality is, we can place our focus on so many things, right? Other than the one who's going to give us true contentment, and I think that's perfect for what you have been, what you wrote for us in that David and Goliath situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about yeah. that story that surrounds that. Uh, you yeah. want to unpack any of that, Leanne, for us? Yeah, I do. And I want to say, because David, the, the contentment that I see in him is he was the youngest brother. You know that he had a warrior, a soldier's heart. I mean, we know yeah. this because eventually, you know, it gets to be Saul killed his thousands, David his ten thousands. And he was a mighty warrior in battle. Can you imagine what it felt like to be left back at home taking care of the sheep? while everybody else is out there doing the fun stuff, what mm -hmm. he would consider the fun stuff, going and fighting the enemy. But somehow David found enough contentment in where God chose to place him. Not only that, but he was, he was like anointed to be king for years before he ever stepped into that place. But somehow he was able to find rest in wherever it was that God put him at that time. And, and how do I know he found rest? Well, my goodness, he sat around playing a harp. I mean, who unrestless is going to sit around playing a harp and singing songs? And so he truly found contentment, I believe, in, in not only just, he, even though the promise was hanging over his head, he was content in where he was right now. And I've been there. I'll speak that to younger women. Perhaps you want to, you've got big dreams. You've got big plans. The God has called you to greatness in the kingdom and you are living in frog collar, you know, and there ain't nothing near you, but just, just uh, a few little people at the end <laughs> of long driveways and mean snarly dogs. And y'all are just trying to eke it out in ministry in that place. And, and you just don't think the world is ever going to know how great and what greatness you have to give them. But the truth is, um, and I've been there, I've been in frog holler. <laughs> I think and, so. Cause you described I, it real well. Yeah, I described it so well, but my husband used to say to me when I was, you know, wiping noses and bottoms at that stage of my life and thinking this is, is not what I was trained to do. You know, they don't, this is, there's no glory in this, but he would say, you know, you, you be faithful. Like you, you, you shot, you do what you're able to do here now. And as we're faithful in that, God makes the way for the greater things to happen. And so, but it's in the way that we're content in that time that God's then able to build into us and grow us rather than us spending that whole time draining all of our emotional energy, trying to fight things that we can't change anyway. And then I want to say one other thing before we move on to like talking about, you know, what stronghold it is that we're overcoming, because we're talking predominantly to a pastor's wife's audience. And I know that that's your audience, Jackie, and yours, Diane, and mine is, you know, broader than that, but you guys can all listen into this too. But I want, uh, we marry 
if our husbands are pastors, I'm assuming they're godly men. <laughs> that might be a big assumption. If not, we'll talk about that stone later. But we marry men. We, <laughs> we are so, um, it's beautiful all that God allows us to experience in the loving relationship of marriage. But what we can do is we can elevate our husband to having to be like a demigod in our hearts and in our lives. So we, we are, we, when we're dissatisfied mm. with something, we want him to fix it. When something's not going right, we want to blame him for it. When something, you know, we can, he's, he is a good man and he's a godly man. And so he becomes kind of Jesus in the flesh to us. And if we're not careful, we elevate him in that way. And so then we get dissatisfied because he's not God. He's not going to feel that God size hole in our heart. But if instead of going to God, we're going to him then we just become increasingly dissatisfied and then we complain and then we gripe and then we are daring away at the very thing that God wants to be exalted in our marriage and we get dissatisfied and in my book I actually quote Ruth Ruth Graham Billy Graham's wife and I said I love this woman because this is what she said early in her marriage she got on her knees and she prayed and she said Lord if you will forgive me for marrying Billy I promise I'll never do it again and I <laughs> I love that because I thought, that gum, if Ruth Graham can feel that way, she and I can identify with each other. And, and that was her going through a season of discontent, you know, and why do we get discontent? Because we, we want to find what God has promised to give us in the who's and the what's in our lives, which means like what Diane's saying, we, we begin to say, Lord, you've got to fix this or I'm not okay. And God says, no, you're okay because, because of who I am. And because right. whatever this is, I'm in this with you. So you're okay. No matter. Right. You're okay. Exactly. And yeah. we can go back to several Old Testament passages and stories, just as we are speaking about David, we can go back to sometimes things happen to us uh, on this planet, in this place, in the reality that we're living in, whether or not, you know, as we're speaking to women in ministry and women ministry wives, sometimes th things happen to us because of a conversation in heaven. Because as we see in Job, the first, and, and when the sons of God yes. were roaming, or come to the throne room and the devil comes and God says, uh, have you considered my servant Job? And, um, and, and, and Satan does all the accusing that he always does. And, and, yeah. and I said this in our first, first podcast that, you know, he started off as a slanderer mm -hmm. or, and now he's a, or a, an adversary. And then he becomes a slanderer and mm -hmm. a post uh, and, and he starts off as a serpent and ends up as a dragon in mm -hmm. revelation. So what we see is that post Christ, post Christ is we, we can see that sometimes we end up discontented because we have placed our ministries above on that altar, not just our marriages, but our ministries, yeah. what we're doing in our lives, our, our jobs, our, uh, our lack of our raising children ability, mm -hmm. our, everything else becomes primary instead of, and so we become discontented with where we think things ought to be going. Mm -hmm. um, and we think that in this social media driven world that we're living in, mm -hmm. we forget that the greatest people that we read about today and we quote in this Christian world are gone 200 years ago with no social media, you know, a hundred years ago, the people that were quoting some of the greatest quotes that we look at women of God, that we look at how, how many years ago were they here? Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, we look at those women and we place them at such high respect, but the truth is they were living in very difficult 
very difficult days, and yet they were content in the Lord. Did they wrestle? Did they have times of sadness? Did they have mm-hmm. even times of depression? I mean, David did, but they still had their contentment in the one that had called them to do what they're doing. Yeah. And they kept, they had to readjust those times of discontentment or those times of dis, uh, depression or wrestling were all about moving them to focus completely on the Lord in the middle of mm-hmm. the battle. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what we've got to do. So completely. Good. So good. Leanne, for every stone, and, and Diane has given us some, some really good examples of that. For every mm-hmm. stone, there's a stronghold coming against yeah. it. Yeah. What's what, what, what do you see as, as the biggest stronghold coming against this uh, stone of contentment or this, this contentment? I think when you take the layers off and, and the layers being getting past what's happening in the physical realm, you know, and going internally into what, what's happening in my heart and my mind that's causing me to see things this way. So much of spiritual warfare is seeing truth rather than lies. And at the very root of, of discontent is truly unbelief. At the very root, it has to do with your, we're not believing. And because if we were believing it, it would change the way we're feeling, the way we're thinking, the way we're behaving, if we're believing truth. And so we're not believing that God is who he says he is. We're not believing that God can do what he says he can do. We're not believing the promises he's given us when he says that I I, um, that I have everything you need and I'm going to lavish it on you. We're, we're saying no, because I need this and you're not giving it to me. So see, Mm. it's the disconnect is the unbelief. Yeah. And and that's hard. Sometimes that's very Mm. difficult. That's not an easy road. We're not saying, uh, I don't think Leanne, I know her heart and I know, uh, Mm. your, I'm getting to know you, Jackie, but I can tell you that all three of us doing this podcast, we're not like saying, okay, this is an easy road. Right. Mm-hmm. Invite yourself back to contentment and to trust him. Uh, and especially in the beginning, if you've not lived in contentment or you're coming into this ministry life or this ministry world, or even just living day to day with the baggage, uh, uh, with luggage filled to the brim with the lack of understanding and knowing the character of God, sometimes that's a hard place to live because mm-hmm. all of us, not all of us, but many of us, have not great earthly fathers. And so sometimes when we're relating to our our heavenly father and we have not had people who uh, have been great earthly fathers to trust the character of God is a difficult thing. To trust that he is gonna carry you through. But I would just say to that sister out there, then you need to identify those areas that you do not or you did not trust your earthly father because your heavenly father is not that person. Your heavenly father is godly. Your heavenly father is the one that's going to always take care of you. Your heavenly father is never going to fail you or forsake you. Your heavenly father is always going to be there for you. Your heavenly father is not only going to be there within you, but if you have the Holy Spirit living in within you, he is with you and he is not going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. No matter what you do or what you've done or what you're going to do, he's always going to forgive you. So you can place your trust in him and know, keep your eyes, Isaiah 26, three, I will keep in perfect peace and contentment. If you don't waver your thought, your your sight on him. In whose heart is steadfast. Yeah. Because a steadfast heart. That's good. That's good. Absolutely. 
And I want to, are are you good? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm interrupting. Well, I want to, if y'all don't mind, I want to read, like I've written another book, Spiritual Warfare for Your Family. And I just want to read this one little part because it has so much to do with contentment. Here's, Here's the lie. And everything is believing a lie instead of believing the truth. The lie is God's got what you need, but he doesn't want to share it with you. Okay, now this is a real source of discontent. If you're a child of God who's used to praying and kind of like a spoiled little child of God, he's used to getting what God's got to give, you know, like we've been there. We know what it's like. Okay, so here's what I wrote. One of the most difficult battles I face is this one. I'll be praying for God to do what only he can do. And the devil will reason with me in prayer. That makes sense to me, the devil will say. What you're asking is certainly reasonable. Why wouldn't God give you that? And then when my prayer isn't answered, the devil comes back and says, Well, I wonder why God's not answering your prayer. What if he doesn't want you to have that? Well, why wouldn't he want you to have that? You see, this is how the devil works in our minds. And I wrote, there's nothing more tragic than a follower of Christ who is uncertain of her father's willingness to meet her every need. And yet this tragedy is played out in many of our lives daily, deep at the root of our need to control the people and circumstances that are beyond our control is the deeply rooted belief that we cannot depend on God's willingness to meet our every need according to his riches in glory. And this, my friends, is where God's word is the antidote to Satan's lies. And this is where we have to choose to believe what God says over how we're feeling. And we speak forth God's word, even out loud, so that we will just anchor ourselves on it, whether we whether we believe it or not, we quit worrying about whether it's playing out in the way that we're seeing it ought to play out. And instead, we're just anchoring on the fact of it. And here's a word. Philippians 419, my God shall meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Luke 12, 24, consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Matthew 7, 11, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And I wrote the verses, these verses are not meant to frustrate you. They are meant to sustain you as you wait on your father to come through for you. And this probably is segueing right into talking about standing. We're going to talk about, you know, we talked about the stone, we're talking about the stronghold, and now we're talking about how to stand, how Mm -hmm. to stand firm against that stronghold. And we look at that really through Ephesians 6, uh, where, where we're told to put on the armor of God. And we said, we, it says, stand firm. Therefore, having done everything, stand firm, therefore. So we stand firm, therefore, because we know that we've done everything that speaks about in Ephesians chapters one through five. And as we're doing that, we we can stand firm. We've got to believe who we are and we've got to believe whose we are. And we've got to believe what he says about us and knowing our position in him. And we're, we are really told out of Ephesians. um, I've just lost the reference, Leanne, you might have to help me, but we are already positionally. Yes. Yes. Seated yes. in the heavenlies, right. and I, right. I think that's out of Ephesians chapter chapter one, chapter, chapter one, one, what we are, who we are, where yes. we where we reside, and um, this residing and where we stand. And listen, I want to listen, listeners, listen, everybody who's participating, camp out in Ephesians chapter one. Once you get yes. done with this podcast, like just go and open it and ask the Lord to show you all that is yours in Christ and where you sit positionally. And this position is so important because here's, here's how spiritual warfare is. 
it's like each, um, see, imagine I do this with Play-Doh. So imagine you're holding a piece of green Play-Doh. You're rounding it up in a little ball. This represents the physical realm. We're, we're living, we're breathing, we're talking, we're using the podcast in the physical realm. Like this is the world we see, we smell, we, we touch, we live in, physical. And then beyond that, let's call it blue Play-Doh, wrap it around your green Play-Doh. This is the, the heavenlies. This is the spiritual realm. This is the realm where spirit beings can dwell. Now, the physical realm, where do the demonic spiritual beings dwell? They dwell in both the physical realm and the spiritual realm because they're spirit beings. So they dwell in spirit realm. But then where does God dwell? God dwells in this and, and call this piece of Play-Doh. Would I give you green? And no, no, let's use that spirit realm black because I wanted you to remember that's where all the spirits dwell. It's where the warfare happens is in that spiritual realm. And then the blue, because blue, I think of heaven as blue. This is the realm that God resides in. This is where he is. This is where he rules. Now, every single one of those realms has limited authority, mm -hmm. limited dominion. And if you are a person, you have, and you're born with a sin nature, you are cut off from the spiritual realms, but you're, uh, you're approached and you're impacted because there's spiritual activity going on in the physical realm. But the extent of your power is just physical. It's physical. It's fascinating because of what God's given us in our physical bodies, these brains that we only use a minute part of. Many people can do amazing things in the physical realm just because of what they release in the physical machine God gives us. But there's a spiritual realm that physically you cannot have any kind of jurisdiction, control, authority over at all. It is more powerful than you because it's spiritual in nature. And so that realm has a more powerful place. And the devil lives in that place. That's where he's, he's already been thrown out of the God realm, but he lives and dwells there. It's more powerful than us. But God rules over all of it. He holds all of it together. He's ultimate authority. He's ultimate rule. When he saved us, what does the scripture say? It says he brought us up to live directly connected to him. So the yes. power that we have transcends all other power. It's more powerful than Jesus sits at the right hand of God and he rules over authorities and powers and principalities and he rules over every realm. So when we are connected and living in that connection, aligned with God, we have all that power. We got the power in the physical, we got the power in the spiritual and we are right there with all of the saints exercising the revelation of the glory of God on the platform of this world where there are still many souls at stake. And that's the point of it is because God loves people. That's why the war wages. If God didn't care, it wouldn't matter. Right. But God loves people. And so we're in a right. battle for people to know and see God. And in walking in that dominion, I found the verse, by the way, and it, here, here's the <laughs> I verse. Gave you time. <laughs> you did. Thank you so much. But it was so rich. What you you laid the uh, you laid the groundwork for what I'm about to share, and that is this: all of us has dominion. We all have dominion. We have dominion not of our own making, but we have dominion because of everything that Leanne just shared with you, because of where we're seated, because we have Jesus in our hearts and the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit that is in that blue that is over all things because mm -hmm. of him, because of the sacrifice, because he wanted a relationship with us, each one of us. So woman out there, woman of God out there, you can be content because listen to this verse, Ephesians chapter one, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the, uh, in the heavenly places. 
far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills him. And we know that we are seated with him in the heavenly places. So here's the thing. We're to the right of the one who sits to the right and who's ever making intercession with us. Because Mm. in Ephesians chapter two, he says, and we are raised, raised us up with us. So in Ephesians chapter five, even when we were dead in our transgressions made us alive together with Christ for by grace, you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And then Ephesians 2, 8, that we all know for by grace, you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works with God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And there is our union. We are to be content because we know that wherever we are, it's an American cultural church doctrine that we do one plus one equal two all the time. And that we're going to be blessed and we're going to be happy and that we, everything's going to go our way. Yes, God does bless obedience. But the truth is this, ladies, listen to me. Rest of the world understands that if we ask Jesus in our heart, it might be a death sentence. And yet Mm -hmm. those Christians live in contentment. They Mm. live in contentment in the one who has called them and has seated them. They live with a joy that we need to learn this in the Western culture. We need to grasp hold of. We need to understand if we're going to defeat our foe, we need to say, I'm going to be complete and content and walk humbly in my dominion that God has put me. So that could be wherever Jackie is, wherever uh, Leanne is. And we call it today in a, a, maybe stay in your lane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah the Lord has put us, we're all part of the kingdom of God to bring glory to him. And I'll, to be honest with you, I have fought against my lane sometimes. God had to say, get in your lane, girl. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be content until you learn to stay in line with me and what I have called you to do. And then to realize that your life is not dependent on everybody's approval of you. Your life is dependent on whether I approve of what you're doing. So get me on the altar and keep me on the altar and be content in where I've called you and what I've called you to do. Woo. That's good stuff. Some good truth here this morning or this afternoon or this evening, whenever you're listening to it. (laughs) Oh, so good. So good. Well, I don't want the, I don't want that woman out there to come in here and say, well, they're just telling me I got to be content in what I'm in and the mess I'm in. That's, that's, that's not what I'm saying. You're content. Yeah. And that's what, not what Leanne's saying. You're no, content right. in the one who knows where you are in the midst of where you are, not Absolutely. content in your circumstances, content in the one in who's called you and is going to lead you through. There's oftentimes that I'm mm-hmm. praying in ministry right now, girls, I'm saying, God, if you don't do this, it's yeah. not going to be done. 
and, yeah. uh, and, and so therefore I have to give all my expectations over to him. And I have to say, let me live expectantly instead of living with my own agenda and let me be content in the one that he's given me. I mean, I've said the same kind of prayer that Billy Graham's wife, Ruth Bell uh, Graham yeah. prayed. I've, I've yeah. been so mad at my husband. I wanted to throw him out the window, but yeah. here's the thing we, and there've been several other things like that in my life where uh, Leanne often says, I need to never quit. Well, no, I don't. And I understand we can go, go off on personalities and the Enneagrams and all that kind of stuff. But what I want us to do is realize no matter how much you have lost, and I've lost everything I've owned in my life two times, I've been sexually assaulted. I've been sexually abused. I, all of that, I, I can speak to pain. And I am telling you what God has taught me is to learn to be content in him. He That's is continually right. reminding me of that and get every single thing off the altar girls besides yeah. the one who will carry you through. And I promise yeah. you will. Let me remind us, this is good. I'm glad it came to, the, to, to this place because we're not urging you to just yield and give in and say, well, okay, this is, it's all good. It's all good. Cause when David showed up on the battlefield that day, he did not say, oh, it's okay. It's all good. Goliath's here. We've been defeated. The name of the Lord is being profaned. Everybody's looking to see what Israel's God does. And this is what can overcome him. Goliath's bigger than God. They didn't, he didn't do that. But because his contentment was in the Lord, his life was aligned with God's purposes and God's plan for him, God's timing, the who's and the what's that God was putting in his life. Because of all of that, he could clearly see what God was up to. And then he could completely have confidence in who God is and what God does. So this, um, this stone of contentment is also very much related to a, a weapon that identified in the spiritual warfare for your family book called the divine weapon of acceptance. The divine weapon of acceptance can accept things as they are because you also are accepting God's take on it. So, because we don't see what truly is, we only see what we perceive. You know, have you ever done that thing to figure out which eye is dominant? I had only just recently been shown this, but if you put your, your finger and your thumb together and you look through the hole and you're looking at something, first you look with both your eyes, then you close one eye and then you, um, and you look at something very small and then you close the other eye, you'll find out which eye is dominant because the dominant eye will see what you're looking at with both eyes and the other eye will not. Y'all see what I'm saying? Yeah, everybody's got their finger and their thumb at their eye. But if you do that, and what that says to me is, sometimes what I'm seeing is not what is. It just depends on where mm -hmm. your focus is. And so what we do know is, and this is exactly how Jesus prayed for us in John 17, when he said, Lord, protect them from the evil one, your word, with your word, your word is truth. And so when we choose to just look at God's word, take him at his word. <clears throat> if he's, <clears throat> excuse me, if he's given us a word regarding something, man, we, we sink ourselves into it. Like that word is like um, the moment he gives it, it's like wet concrete and we anchor our feet in it. And so come what may, we are going to stand firm on the word of God. And the most beautiful example of this is Hannah. 
Hannah in the Old Testament, the infertile woman. I mean, uh, yeah, everybody who's named their, every infertile woman who named their son Samuel and their daughter Hannah because of what she did. And she prayed (laughs) and she prayed and, and she went to that temple and God gave her a word through Eli Mm -hmm. and she rejoiced immediately it went in her current circumstances because she knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that what she was seeing and what she was living in was no longer what was, it was going to be the way God says it's going to be. And when we use that stone of contentment, that's what rises up in us is belief. It's confidence in the word of God. And my friends, if you will stay in the word of God on a daily basis, yes. it is amazing how God will just put the timing, the, the opportunity. If you get in the flow of that, God's going to pour what word he wants you to have for this particular day and these circumstances. He's going to put it in you. And then all you're supposed to do is just hold tight to that word and watch God. He's going to bring it about. Yeah. Amen. What a great start to yes. our, our first stone, the stone of contentment. And so um, I'm just praying that you will keep with us because our goal for you is to equip you, to give you some tools for your tool belt as we wage the war, a battle, a spiritual battle, because whether or not you are aware of it or not, you and I are dealing with spiritual warfare every single day. So we hand it off to you, Jackie, to close our time out and just thank you so much for listening to what we, uh, Leanne and I are so passionate about, as you can tell, Leanne's (laughs) the most eloquent uh, writer, one of the most eloquent writers that I know, and so practical for us as women. So I'm hoping that they will pick up her books on spiritual warfare uh, for your family, spiritual warfare for women and um, So, but stay with us, subscribe to our podcast, ladies. You can hear it on, we're going to post on all of the, uh, all of our podcasts, uh, Mm -hmm. our own podcast, this series. And we're, we're hoping that you will join, join us. So take it away, Jackie, let's close out today for, for the stone and contentment. Thank you, ladies. This has been so, so good. So I'm excited to pray us out. And, And so we can just step into this as we, walk away from the podcast it's over and walk into our day we're going to have so much we've already got so many tools that you've given mm-hmm. us and we've got four more stones coming up but let's yeah. pray and uh and, and just be believing that uh god god is just good god is faithful and god is able and god we choose to place our hope in you we release whatever it is whatever it is that we run to when when we need you we release that we release that from having to meet our every need. And, and we confess, I confess that I have allowed him or her, or this or that to take your place in my life. Forgive me, God, for doing that. Forgive me. I choose you because you chose me. I trust you. I love you. I'm satisfied with you alone. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you ladies for being with us. And and I know everybody's going to be really excited to be back with us next time for stone number two. Thank you my praying friends for listening to today's podcast on the stone of contentment. Please be sure to uh, join us again next week when we um, unpack our next of our five smooth stones. And uh, in the meantime, 
it be enjoying your summer. Use this as a time to perhaps find a couple of prayer partners and establish um, a real rich and meaningful prayer relationship with each other. All right, um, hang in there, keep praying, and let's see what only God can do.